Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. I am Wyatt Walker-Ware, and you're listening to episode 17 of the Better Bass Podcast. Today I'm working on some whole tone stuff. I'm working on some uh, some unfamiliar harmonic vocabulary to me. I've kind of had this one, this one whole tone pattern... That, that sort of thing with two... Uh, Two augmented triads stacked on top of each other lays really nicely on the five-string bass. It's been a part of my playing for a long time, but I'm realizing now that I've kind of leaned on that whenever I'm in a harmonic context that calls for it. Somebody plays a whole tone chord. I'm just immediately, oh, I'm going to do... I'm just going to play that. I'm just going to play this same pattern a bunch and listening to myself on recordings, hearing myself falling into that habit trying to expand a little bit. So I've been making some patterns. Just whole tone scale in thirds, super simple, triads. Flubbed a note in there. All that good stuff, all that good stuff, making all the normal things I would do with scales into symmetrical scales. And it's really, uh, it's really opened up my harmonic vocabulary and the reason that I've been working on this is because of this awesome tune that I heard on a record that my good friend and great trumpet player Gabriel Mervine put out uh, two days ago as of recording this podcast. This tune is called Our Man Higgins. I, uh, I hadn't heard it before until I heard this record. I did some research on it, and it is written by the great jazz trumpeter Lee Morgan, the original recordings on the album Cornbread, and it's, re- it, yeah, woo. it's written for the uh, great drummer Billy Higgins, who was in Lee Morgan's group at the time, hence Our Man Higgins. It's a blues form. It's a, a, a stretched blues form, so it's 24 bars instead of a 12-bar blues, and it's a 1-4-5, but harmonically, it's all in a whole tone. And the head... Drums, drums, drums... And so on. It's got some great whole tone vocab. A little rhythmically bad there. Starting it again. I've been working on that head. I've been working on walking over this, and I've been playing along to this recording of uh, Gabriel Mervine's quintet because this is just a really awesome recording, and I've really enjoyed practicing to it. It's right at the edge of my comfort zone. It's perfect being right at the edge of my comfort zone in terms of tempo, in terms of just how tight this band is. This is a fantastic band. I'll go through all the personnel as they come up. And really pushing me to pushing me to get really specific with the harmony, really specific with the time and sound and the dynamic control, really specific with the feel and pushing me to be more tasteful and keep my ears open while I'm in this harmonic context that's like kind of outside my bag. So I'm just going to play through this. There's no count off or anything, so I'm probably going to miss the miss part of the first phrase of the head, but this is our man Higgins, uh, Gabriel Mervine. Album's called GM5. It's on Spotify. It's on streaming. Check it out. It's an awesome band with uh, 
me trying to play along to it. There's eight bars of Drew Heller on drums after I totally botched that head. That is hard. Drew Heller drum solo here. I'm just going to let this play. I was going to stop it, but Drew's too good. Thank you. 
recording that is that's a great tune that's a fantastic band playing that tune if you want to hear it without me playing all over it then uh, then go check out the record gm5 gabriel mervine really really cool giving myself a, especially on the head giving myself a c minus on the performance there but like i said i can i can be forgiving to myself a little bit i've been practicing this for a whole uh a whole one hour prior prior to starting up this podcast. I have not spent a ton of time with this tune. I haven't been really slowing it down much or working on it the way that I should be working on it. I haven't quite got it all the way under my fingers or in my ears yet, and that's why, especially on that head, it doesn't quite feel good yet, but also in that whole tone walking thing, it's just a little bit too fast for me. But it is presenting a challenge and I'm trying to give myself a realistic challenge here, a really, really realistic challenge here because chances are I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be sitting in with something close to this exact band, some variation of this band as I do often and be asked to sight read something like this, be asked to play something like this on the fly, or they'll count off a tune much faster than I'm used to playing it or something like that. And I'm going to have to figure it out. I'm going to have to figure out how to make music out of a situation that I'm not 100% prepared for. That's why I really, really like practicing like this. That's why I enjoy throwing myself into the fire and seeing what comes out. Because as much as I strive for 100% execution all the time, as much as I strive for beautiful time and sound and flawless dynamic control on the bass all of the time, that's not realistic. That's not what's going to happen. I've only been playing this instrument for six years at this point. There's going to be moments where I'm in a context that I'm just not familiar enough with. And this whole tone blues at this tempo is just a prime example of that. I'm not 100% on it. It's new to me. I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out on the fly, and I'm figuring out how to make music out of it. And it's just part of this it's part of the overload principle. If you've ever lifted weights, you know about the overload principle, the idea that you should just push one tiny notch beyond your comfort zone, beyond your level of confidence, and that's how you grow. That's how you become stronger. And that applies to music, too. That applies to performing music. That applies to practicing. If you're playing inside your comfort zone all the time, you're not going to get any better. If you're not pushing yourself in some way, and maybe I'm, maybe that's not necessarily pushing yourself technically, pushing yourself to gain more facility or to play faster or to play more notes, but pushing yourself to expand your vocabulary and play in contexts that aren't super familiar to you and go to places, musical places that might intimidate you or scare you a little bit, you're not going to get any better if you don't do these things. So... I try to do these things, I record myself, I listen back, I see what I can do better, I see how I can be more tasteful in the moment, how I can be a better bass player in the moment, how I can support the band better in the moment. 
I'm already feeling like in that instance of the quote-unquote performance of me playing along to the recording, which I will listen back to, because hey, guess what? I've got it here on the podcast. I've got it in high-quality audio with the close mic on the bass cabinet and the whole nine yards. I'm hazarding a wild guess that I'm probably not going to be very happy with my walking here. With the feel, I know there were a couple of flubbed notes, there were a couple of moments where I had some physical misses and got fret buzz, um, just some little minor issues like that that I want to tighten up, and I'm probably going to spend a lot of time walking the bass over this whole tone blues at a slow tempo. again. probably do that for 20 choruses once I quit recording the podcast. Just start practicing that, start practicing it slow. I actually already feel better. I think I just unlocked a few uh, a few pieces of walking vocabulary, a few ideas just by playing at that tempo, by playing really relaxed at that tempo that I would not have thought of if I were only playing it at the uh, at the tempo of that recording all the time. They're they're pretty they're north of 200 BPM there, which is not easy. I think a lot of jazz players, this brings me to something, this brings me to a good point. A lot of jazz players just kind of act like playing walking bass lines north of 200 BPM is just easy and it's a walk in the park and holy crap, it is not. Being forced to play steady quarter notes at that tempo for that long is really, really not easy to do. And also to do it in a tasteful way, to do it in a way that's harmonically specific enough to serve the music, to do it in a way that feels really good to the rest of the band, to really lock in super hard with the ride cymbal. Once you get up there is like, I I think it's just really underrated in terms of difficulty. I've spent a lot of time, a lot of time practicing medium up and up tempo to the point that I'm pretty comfortable with it on most things. And even if it's a tune I'm not super familiar with, or maybe a set of changes I haven't played and somebody counts it off at 280 BPM, like I can get through it. I can do fine, but I do not feel 100% at those tempos after having spent hundreds and hundreds of hours working on that with with a metronome, with a drum loop, with a, a wide space metronome on the one of every other bar or be four of every bar or be two of every other bar or something like that, or a tighter metronome on two and four or every quarter note, really getting the micro time aspect or every offbeat. That's another way to get, get better walking feel is practicing with the metronome on every swung eighth note. I don't quite feel 100% with that stuff yet. It's so, so difficult, and it's not to be uh, it's not to be discounted. It's not to be disrespected how hard that is. And 
that's why you shouldn't feel bad to have to slow these things down. I really have to slow this down in order to get it right. I had to play, the, the chorus that I just played of that blues was probably half the tempo of the original, and that's about the tempo that I'm going to have to play it to get really clean articulation and really clean feel, and I'm sure I'll listen back to that and notice some minor time and sound and dynamic control mistakes. I'm sure that that's going to happen, and I'm going to slowly refine that, and I'm going to get it to the point where I'm comfortable at the higher tempo, and maybe even maybe even push it north of the tempo of that recording. Maybe even get comfortable with it at 20, 30, 40, 50 BPM higher so that I can come back, I can come back to that original tempo and it feels easy and it feels really fluid and natural physically. And that's the goal, right? Is to feel extremely fluid, extremely natural physically and to not have to listen to yourself, not have to look at your hands, not have to think about which note am I going to play next? Which pitch am I going to play next? How am I going to transition into the next bar? Have that all in your ears and all that vocabulary assimilated and so second nature to the point that the only thing on your mind is listening to the musicians around you and responding to what they're doing. That's my goal with this stuff. That's why I want to put in the hours to put in this repetition is to create better music, to be a more tasteful bass player. I talked about this as part of my personal 2023 uh, practice and performance paradigm shift, is just to try to be the most tasteful bassist I can. And in order to accomplish that, I've got to be playing things that are natural to me when I'm on stage. In order to play at 100%, I have to be physically at 100%. I have to not think about it. And I have to keep my ears open all the time. And in order to keep my ears open all the time, I've just got to be able to play. I've got to be able to play, look around, have my head up, not look at my hands, listen, stay open to the situation. Okay, I'm kind of babbling on. I'm realizing I'm starting to repeat myself a little bit. And also realizing that I forgot to give you the personnel list from the record. That's a cardinal sin. Uh, Seth Lewis on bass. Tom Amend on piano, Alex Heffron on guitar, Gabriel Mervine on trumpet, and Drew Heller on drums. I've known all of these folks for years. I've known all these musicians for years and been really blessed to be able to make music with, with all of them, including with Seth in my, in my saxophone playing days. We played together quite a bit. And I really encourage y'all to check out this record. And further than that, I encourage y'all to support your friends who are making music. Support the people around you who are making music because there's a chance, there's a pretty decent chance actually, that wherever you're located in the world, there are some musicians who are on a really, really high level. And maybe if you're lucky, if you're as lucky as I am, there are musicians who are on a really high level of performance who are making music that's in your ears and music that you really enjoy listening to and music that you really enjoy playing. So seek that out. Support your friends, support your colleagues, support your musical peers, and build yourself up some good karma, if nothing else. I'm not a particularly superstitious guy, but I figure it doesn't hurt to uh, doesn't hurt to support the people around you and doesn't hurt to support the musicians around you. We can admire the greats all we want. We can admire the the greats of the past, particularly as as jazz musicians. We listen to a lot of people who are dead, right? We can admire those all we want, but we might not ever get to hear some of those people live. 
if we're lucky, maybe uh, maybe some of the older folks come through on tour to our cities where we are, and we get to hear them on occasion. If you live somewhere like New York or L.A., maybe you're getting to hear the uh, the real contemporary cats all the time every week and getting to hear them every week. I don't have the I don't have the financial resource to afford to live in one of those places, but maybe you're really lucky to hear those. I consider myself really lucky to be able to hear this band perform multiple times a week if I wanted to, and I get really inspired when I hear these guys play live. Every time I hear Tom play a solo, every time I hear Alex play a solo, every time I hear this band just play a melody to a song, whether it's this kind of jazz, whether it's funk tunes, whether it's they're playing a John Mayer tune or something, I'm really blessed to be able to hear that and to be able to gain the inspiration from that. I think there's a different kind of inspiration that comes from live music. There's a different kind of inspiration that comes from hearing people live. And there's a whole other level of inspiration that comes from hearing people live over and over again, especially the same musicians playing different music and realizing the scope of someone's musicianship, of someone's musical vocabulary, seeing that. I find that really inspiring. I find that, more than anything, giving me something to work towards and putting the idea in my head and putting the idea in my ears that while I might not be a broad generalist, while I might not be able to do everything really well on the bass, that it will make me a better musician to branch out and to expand my vocabulary outward rather than upward and just kind of expand my facility. I want to enlighten myself to new music as much as possible. I want to learn new songs. I want to learn songs from genres that I'm not familiar with. I maybe even want to learn how to play some music that I don't really like really, really well, just so that I can maybe get a few elements of that that I do like in my playing. So I encourage you to explore. I encourage you to explore your local scene, explore the places around you, see what you can discover. I just discovered a whole new set of harmonic vocabulary just by uh, just by going to Gabe Gabriel's gigs every week and hearing him play these tunes and then him telling me, hey, I put out a record and then I hear it on Spotify and I discover a song and it's got some harmony in it that's really cool and boom, I've got inspiration for my next week of practice. Just like that just from the musicians around me, just from the live scene. So support your friends, listen to more music, check more music out, branch out, be more tasteful. Let's all be better bass players together, and I'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) ¶¶